Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, alongside of uh, L.A. comedian by way of Chicago, Pratik Srivastava. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm by way of Chicago until Southwest Airlines lets me leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's my uh, that's my WWE Canadian intro. They never let me be from Canada anymore. (laughs) <laughs> he's not from like Chicago, he's in LA, Saudi Arabia by way of Chicago you guys by way <laughs> hell yeah and we also got uh, out of Florida from the band leveled Xavier Vacuna what's up Xavier yeah. what's going on hello world I'm gonna wave too <laughs> we're, we're waving way. where are you are you from are you always from Florida always from Florida born no, always that's okay it's okay I'm always from California so no shade yeah the California rules too though so yeah, it's cool. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right, you guys. So today we are going to talk about uh, some top matches out of 2022. I'm super excited. Uh, we have some matches that we're going to list off in no particular order. Hell yeah! Before we do that, you guys want to get anything else? Anything exciting going on in your worlds? Oh, what's going on over there? I think Pratik's super busy. Pratik, yeah, you're the one that's doing all the shit. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Just a little busy these days with shows and all, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's a good time. This is a, this is a busy time of year for me, you know. It's, That's awesome. I, I honestly, sometimes I think I wish I had like a birthday that was in like January or February because it's just like from, from Thanksgiving till now, it's just mom's birthday, my birthday, Thanksgiving, holiday parties, holiday shows, just boom, 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 boom. It's, it's, it's a lot, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. What's but back, you, know what, you know what helps me keep me going? Wrestling. Yeah. See how I brought back. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, you're on the road to the Royal Rumble. That's exciting. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, if we want to get into that, like, um, I'm planning on going to the Dynamite uh, at LA Forum. Uh, a oh, friend okay. of mine getting tickets to that, and then yeah, the plan is to go do some shows. There'll be like a whole Houston, uh, San Antonio tour. Uh, and then maybe we'll do three days in Austin right after the Rumble, but that's the plan. And certainly, I can give once I have the dates locked in, I can share that here for you guys. You know, that'd hell be yeah, that's that's exciting. Hell yeah, I'm excited about the Rumble. Hopefully, we'll have yes. a lot of surprises that day. Yeah. But that's 2023. We're here to talk about mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! So you guys want to get into these matches and do a little bit of digging and talking about them? Hell yeah! I'm excited yeah. about it. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's put Xavier up first. Xavier, pick a match. Let's go. I'm gonna pick a bag. Pick a pick a match out of the bag. Um, <laughs> match bag. <laughs> the proverbial the match gimmicks, bag. Right? That Terry, Terry Taylor talks about. Yes. Yes. All right. I'm gonna go with an FTR match just because I'm on an FTR kick. But there's so many great ones. I think they had a phenomenal year. I want to say that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Singles matches, tag matches, globe trotting. Uh, just great. Just delicious fluid amazing matches uh this is tough i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for the best two out of three falls with the briscoes at uh death before dishonor i think that match was incredible from top to bottom the story uh it's so thick and intricate it writes itself right but just giving them the time to go two out of three the intensity the near falls the impact it was phenomenal just a, an incredible match top to bottom and and one of those dream match scenarios where you want to see it and then you get to see it and it's just so it's insane you know 
no, I, I think you bring up good points about, you know, you have those dream matches. How do you build those dream matches? You can't just you can't just throw them out there. I think they did a good job with the build. And I think you bring up a really good point, Xavier, about time. I'm looking right now, went 43 minutes, 25 seconds. Didn't feel like it dragged at all. I remember that match not dragging. And that's been a big thing for me this year is, like, let's just keep it tight and moving. But you know what? They did. They let it go, and it was perfect. It breathed. It was everything. Each fall felt mattered. The near falls, the psychology of the near falls. I mean, again, FTR, Briscoes, they know what they're doing with that psychology. Um, I mean, we both know, you know, or we all know that, you know, with these with these different uh, companies now, near falls are like, oh, we'll, we'll make it all fancy and tricks. No, sometimes you just need, like, just straightforward, blunt psychology of near falls, and they did a great job with that. I was I was very impressed with that match. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, these two teams are very old school, the Briscoes yes. and the FTR. So, yeah, keep it simple. Um, and it's different these days. Absolutely. Um, you're right, though, Xavier. You said that they've had a lot of great – they've had a great year. Singles matches, too. Uh, Dax had a match against Brian Danielson that was just off the charts on Dynamite yes. a few weeks ago or months ago or whatever it was. Um, typically, I am not a fan of two out of three falls uh, for the simple reason that the first fall usually lasts – like a minute or two into the match. And that's not realistic to me because if it was a singles match, that wouldn't have happened, you know, <laughs> but like these yeah, two guys, they had I the time, like... they went out there, they drug it out and they made it believable. Like I, I definitely agree. This is one of the matches of the year. Yep. Yeah. They had a great, I'm trying to think of another match. Yeah. The, um, the Owen Hart qualifier with, with Dax oh. and Cash was a good one too. And you saw shades yeah, of Brett and Owen about in that, that match too. Yeah. So the fact that they could wrestle everybody and then themselves too in this year, like now they, yeah. Tag team of the year version. Yeah. And I Sorry, love that saying. concept. <laughs> I, I've said it, I've said it on past episodes, like kind of like that new Japan style where you'll have Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. You'll have Nick Jackson versus, you know, Matt Jackson. And I think they bring that element where it's okay to have those matches and they're good matches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially those two. They, 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 they have really good chemistry together or apart. Yeah. Cheers, um, to FDR. Cheers, yeah. FDR. <laughs> Cheers, FDR. Cheers. And Dax is the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I got to check that out. <clears throat> have you guys already no but i was super disappointed because um he announced his podcast and he posted a picture of cm punk and the whole <laughs> internet went crazy going oh my god cm punk's even on his podcast and he's like oh no you guys we're just going to talk about cm punk we're going to talk about him yeah talk about it. <laughs> i read the some of some people have some of the dirt sheets have summarized a little bit of the cm punk yeah, comments, i read a little though. bit of that too i read a little bit of that you know i listen to cm punk apologist which is fine sure yeah <laughs> It's Someone's fun. got it. There's worse people that <laughs> yeah. you can defend in this world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every podcast needs a villain. <laughs> uh, you want to grab the next match, Pratik? Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, another uh, gentleman who had a good year was uh, MJF. And I'm going to go with uh, CM Punk, the aforementioned CM Punk MJF dog collar match. One of my oh, you were there, right? No, I did not go to that match. Oh, you I, weren't there. I, okay. I, I went to the so in part of the build, you know, we're we're gonna talk about builds, I think, on this show. You know, this this match had one of, you know, in my opinion, one of those like, you know, rock Austin builds. There were so many layers to the story. Like it, you know, you want to talk about how wrestling is episodic television, like, you know, those those promos each week with MJF where first he's like, you know, oh, 
I remember I was a fan of you and you let me down. And he's like literally crying and like he saw tears, real tears, you know, you know, he, and Maxwell's doing a good job acting. So someone took a Meisner class clearly because he knows what he's doing. But yeah, it went. Hey, from, like, I think he, uh, he probably learned crying from the big show. <laughs> that is true. Big show. Um, yeah. What was that movie? He was a knucklehead where he's like, like a, like a comedic guy, but he's like, he, He's clumsy as well, but then he becomes like, oh, he discovers wrestling, but he has to cry a couple times. Like it's yeah. it's wild, yeah. Um no, but again, the build for this match to me, the box office of this match is great. Um so in part the road to this dog collar match started with uh with uh, February second to twenty twenty two in Chicago. You had you had Punk and MJF facing off um at the Wind Trust Arena and you know, I was there for that uh match and the place was uh stung glued the whole time like talk about like the the noise did not stop just rains of booze for mjf mjf was wearing yankees colors too um and he was like <laughs> so it's full-on just like you know you know hometown heel kind of like one-on-one but it doesn't feel like one-on-one with him it still feels fresh it feels exciting you get pissed off you know there were there were literally at one point we were chanting about how New York pizza sucks. We were chanting about pizza at a wrestling match. Like, you know, you, you didn't catch that on Dynamite. That was literally just an arena only thing. But, you know, it was just, it was a, and, and by the way, that was CM Punk's first loss in AW was that night at the, uh, at the, at the Wind Trust. Uh, that was his first singles loss. In Chicago, man. In Chicago, too. He yeah. lost in his hometown. You know, no, there, there are a lot of opinions about CM Punk's AEW run, you know, looking back now, but, but no one can say that he didn't, you know, do the favors when they were necessary. And no one can say he didn't try to elevate, you know, talent. I, I really think that this build, yes, MJF is a star now, but I think this build, this feud with CM Punk really elevated MJF, you know, and it, yeah, and then it was elevated with the with the dog collar match, and again the story for the dog collar match. You know, they both love Roddy Piper. They made it like you know Piper in Portland, Greg Valentine, all that all that good stuff. And the way the build led to it was, well, you know, I still remember the promo where Punk pulls out the picture of Young MJF at the, at the fan convention, and then the next thing he pulls out of the box is the dog collar, and he says, "Will you be my Valentine?" Like it's just the setup of that is is perfect so you know again that's the build to the match then the actual match i mean phenomenal storytelling you know you're you're on the edge of your seats like every we're, we're you know i think a big thing for me this year was every move there's there's a point to every move it's not just oh we're throwing out a punch because we need to we need to create some separation i don't i don't want technicality like that like no you're throwing out a punch you want to bite the guy's ear off because you're genuinely pissed at the man you know so again like just every move mattered um, the psychology, the, the turn of Wardlow, you had the face turn of Wardlow at, at the end of that match too, you know? So again, oh, yeah. bringing in another star that people, maybe they knew Wardlow, maybe, but whatever, like, no, we know this guy now, you know? So it's, to me, it's, it was a great box office. It was a great build. And to me, it needs to be one of the highlights of, of the year. And it should have gone on last. I will say it should have gone on last. on that yeah. Paper too. Yeah, definitely should have gone on last. And, you're right, man. The build was just incredible for this match. And for the, the feud, you know, within itself was top of the headlines, nonstop banger after banger promo segment. It was great. Absolutely. So um, 
CM Punk has a history of dog collar matches. You know, he had a, a classic dog collar match in Ring of Honor against Raven uh, in the early two yeah. thousands and stuff. So he's no, he's not a stranger to it. Uh, however, uh, he's a, at a point in his life, at least you know, at that point he was at a point in his life where he's kind of above that star power wise. Like he didn't have to do that. You know, I think uh, he didn't have to be in such a brutal match when he, when he returned in two thousand and twenty one or twenty twenty whatever when he came back. He didn't have to be in such a brutal match, but he was in it to to prove that he had it still mjf had it because at this point mjf hadn't really shown he was tough you know Mm -hmm. he could just talk on the mic and he was a pretty good wrestler but toughness is definitely a factor in pro wrestling and so this really i think really built mjf and then also um kind of reestablished cm punk as just these two tough wrestlers and it was just a really really fun match it was just it was brutal it was something that was so brutal that you wouldn't even think AEW would want to put on their tv Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good though. I agree. Definitely elevates MJF, and it and it and it goes to show, you know, Punk's willingness to to do good for the business and to do good for his, you know, coworkers. Even though I think he said he was a little shit or something at the at the <laughs> press. <laughs> I think he was talking about uh, Page, Hangman Page. Was he? I think he was talking about MJF. I don't know because at some point yeah, who knows? About... at that you know at that uh, I think at the time maybe they thought they were going to be doing another match. He was trying uh, to keep yeah them. yeah Kinda. that case maybe yeah. you don't want Come the two guys closer. riding together in a car you know yeah maybe yeah. we're talking about different yeah, don't, things. Don't I was talking about when he exploded at the uh, at the press conference at his last press conference. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, yeah because he was like he doesn't want to take advice what an idiot. <laughs> I think, uh, Adam Page had said I don't take advice or something like that to him. Yes, that was about Adam Page. Yeah. 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 I think you called someone a prick. I don't know. Or pricks. Who knows? Right. Yeah, they're all little pricks. So regardless of like, regardless of how his run ended and uh, his mindset was at the end of his run, he really did come back to put the little guy over. You know, I agree. The up and comers over to to improve. He came back with the greatest of intentions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I still remember. I didn't attend the uh, the United Center the first dance. I didn't get to go to that, but I just remember that promo when he first came out. One of the first things he said in his return promo, you know, all eyes are on him, and he said, "You make me feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh." He's putting over, oh, with, yeah, within the first few right minutes of doing AEW, he's putting over another AEW talent. You know, like that to me, that speaks volumes to him. As you know, this. Again, people can say whatever they want. That's fine, but you can't tell me that he wasn't trying to put over talent during this run. You know, he's all—he's always been about that to me. I think that's been some of his frustration. You know, whether or not, yes, maybe he created the shield, maybe he didn't, but he wanted to bring three guys up to take him on. I thought, you know, he's—he's he's always been about, you know, what who's going to be next? Who's who's some new person that I can work with eventually? Down the road? Who can I help? Who can I help? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Who can I elevate? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to keep this AEW love fest going, you guys. Uh, <laughs> one of the matches that absolutely blew my mind was off of Dynamite, and I believe it was in the tournament to crown the first ever trios tag team champions. And it was United mm-hmm. Empire against uh, the Elite. Was it the Elite? Ooh, no, yeah. Death Triangle. I'm talking about the, the Death Triangle one, I think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was, it was the Death Triangle and the United Empire. Was that what it was? And it was, they had oh. this really big main event on... Uh, on dynamite i really enjoyed that and because i i don't really know much about will osprey or the other guys the aussie open i don't know even their names um kyle fletcher and matt somebody um but it was like my first really time seeing them 
and uh, they just they just blew my mind. It really did. Like Will Osprey is incredible, and I just want to see more of him. I really do. So this was a quarterfinal. I'm looking it up. I believe this was a quarterfinal match on either the tw- the August 17th or August 24th. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, 24 minute, 51 second match. Uh, United. Uh, I was on Dynamite. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Again, uh, giving you know them what? The Honestly, time though, this whole like just this whole United Empire run because their, their run was basically this tournament. Yeah, their whole run was just incredible in Dynamite. Their match against the Elite, their match against Death Triangle, it was just it was really fun. Yeah, it's a shame they couldn't make it to the pay per view. Maybe there were some contractual things going or scheduling things. In yeah, the yeah, because Bill Osprey is super busy. He's in all kinds yeah. of promotions. But you know, they definitely, and especially since Forbidden Door was over, it was nice to see them kind of stick around and kind of keep the feud going. You know what I mean? And probably build to this New Japan match between Kenny and. Uh, Osprey, so no, I loved it, you know, and then uh, and again, Osprey like fit right into AEW. I know there's rumors allegedly of him maybe he's coming over here, you know, but you know, no. He, <laughs> what, I, what I read online was, was, um, yeah, uh, Jim Ross said publicly, Oh, we should sign this guy, and then New Japan called AEW, like, What are you signing him? <laughs> <laughs> and then Ross got poor Ross got skied for just trying to be a commentator, Jesus. Right? Ross gets so much heat. All he his so much heat for anything he says turns into like what Jim Ross fucking said. Yeah, you no, know? it's true. And like <clears throat> he was doing the New Japan commentary, and he would get names wrong every now and then. People would just eat him alive online. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Like, just he needs to. Yeah, I, I almost think he should retire just so he doesn't get like the weird backlash. My favorite uh, recent Jim Ross moment is I was watching uh, Rampage. He's yeah. like, it's Friday night. You know what that means? AEW Dynamite is on Wednesdays, but this is Rampage. <laughs> I fucking love JR. I, I yeah, love it. Don't, don't get me he wrong. Deserves, he does. He gets a couple passes in my book. Yeah, know? I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's the greatest of all time, and he's he's old now. You know. Yeah, he's holy. I think he. I think he called when Omega was champion. I think he said like Kenny Omega, WWE AEW champion. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, no, he referred to him as WWE champion at one point. I heard that. <laughs> but again, he's okay in my book. He's a slobber. Yeah, I love JR. Yeah. No, but <clears throat> going back to the match, I think you're right. It was August 24th. It was a a, a semifinal. And yeah, it was it was awesome. Death Triangle is incredible. Uh, Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open is incredible. And I feel like it's almost good that we didn't get to see them get to the, you know, go to the pay-per-view. It keeps us wanting more. It yeah, keeps it exactly. fresh, you know, and it, it lets them go do their thing. And, and it has that element of surprise when they do come back, if they come back. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it, it was a good, it was a good booking strategy. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised that uh, new Japan didn't send him over to promote the match a little bit recently. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe who knows, but they're busy though. They're doing the they're contract doing travel. Seven. Travel's been hell too, right? Yeah, travel's been hell. So, and you know, yeah, for the the winter has been brutal everywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. that's true. It's been a Southwest dropping the ball. So, I'm hoping everybody makes it over. We we should we should say shout out to all the wrestlers and everybody who's traveling right now. I hope everybody gets to make it to their respective matches, and not just in the you know you know in the independent scene as well. Like, I hope everybody makes their money and gets to where they need to go because travel is not fun, right? Yeah, talent, crews, production, everybody. Hopefully everybody's safe and 
you know, out of harm's way. Yeah. That's true. And then Kenny's going to be going to Japan in a few days, probably. Yeah. So sick. So, so, sick. Is, uh, so is Mercedes uh, Venardo, whatever her name is. <laughs> and she's allegedly gonna be and she's already there. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you're right. Allegedly, she's already is there. Did you guys uh, know? I mean, this is kind of off topic here. But did you guys yeah. know? So Wrestle Kingdom's always been two days. Yeah. yeah. But this coming up year, 2023, the second day from Wrestle Kingdom is going to be like three weeks later. Yeah. Really weird. It's weird, yeah. Really weird. I wonder. I don't know. I can't say. I can't. I haven't like looked at the cards, so I don't know. I looked at the. They don't have a card for night two yet at all. But the card okay. for night one is incredible. Is Kenny the Kenny match on night one? Yeah, yeah. everything's oh, on cool. night one so far. Nothing's on cool. night two. Yeah. Okay, cool. The reason why I thought of that is because I brought up Sasha Banks. She was rumored to face Kyrie Sane at uh, <clears throat> at Russell Kingdom, you know. But Kyrie Sane's already has opponent announced. So I think I think she might just be making an appearance. Yeah, but well, I, maybe I maybe that's why it's a few weeks later, so they can set up a match. Uh, that's possible uh, too. Yeah, where she can make an appearance, and then they can get in a little argument or whatever, and then they'd be like, mm-hmm. "Well, then let's do it at night too. How about that?" Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, because I don't think anything is announced for night two yet. Book it, Rocky Romero. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Am I up? Yeah. So much pressure, <laughs> but so many great matches too. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the AEW train rolling. Kind of New Japan. The uh, man, just what a what a what a match. The fail four way for the IWGP yep. title at Forbidden Door. We're talking Jay White. We're talking Hangman Adam Page. We're talking Adam Cole. We're talking the Okada on AEW television. Or pay-per-view, if you will. Just seeing those four dudes standing in the same ring, it is forbidden. And it feels like that forbidden fruit. And it's like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That match was just so hard-hitting, man. It was so brutal. uh, It was so good. I talked to a couple people that were there, and they were like, yeah, the place was unglued for that, man. And they were the United Center, too, which, you know, sound usually travels up. It's kind of hard to hear. But, like, no, everybody would just... On their feet. Uh, we're looking at the longest match of the night on the card with 21 minutes, five seconds. Should have gone on last, in my opinion. Um, <clears> you know. um, and again, like, you know, the, you, know you, just, you look back on that, you know, pay per view, there were so many, like, people injured and there were so many changes. <laughs> there were changes to that card up until, like, I remember there were changes on that card up until, like, that Friday on Rampage. Like, they were making yep. changes constantly. But again, they delivered, yeah. you know, all four, all four men delivered. You know, unfortunately, shout out to, you know, Adam Cole. You know, he got your concussion from that match. We we hope he comes back soon, you know. I was going to say, I don't think we've seen Adam Cole since then, to tell you the truth. We have not. We have not. And it's going to be a different Adam Cole, too, because Bobby Fish is gone. So whatever, yes. you know, direction is going to be a little bit different when he comes back. It's just Very funny how people are like, oh, Adam Cole's not getting much. I'm like, he's injured. <laughs> like, how are people not understanding? Yeah. No, they, I mean, a lot of people say that. In fact, um, who was it? Uh, it was, a, oh, it was Penelope Ford. Somebody tweeted Tony Khan and said, hey, Tony Khan, when are you going to push Penelope Ford? And he's like, hey, Penelope Ford's a great talent. Um, but she'll probably get pushed when she gets back from injury. <laughs> <laughs> that's when. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, she's we wish, lazy, but that's yeah. fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's all good. We hope Adam Cole's good. And I, I think it's time is super helpful in wrestling sometimes. You know, yeah. sometimes being away. 
out of the spotlight for a little bit comes back and you know you can come back stronger you know Mm -hmm. not not necessarily repackaged but you know like sam said in a different direction you know with bobby fish being gone kyle riley's going to be on the shelf for a minute being gone just kind of also changes your mindset a little bit Mm -hmm. because you're seeing the bigger picture yeah yep and and it's cool because it's almost like you have like a a head start because you've been watching the product you've been seeing the feuds and then Mm -hmm. a light bulb goes off and it's like let's put adam cole here you know, let's yeah. have him here in this match. Have him come back at the pay-per-view. Will he be heel? Will he be face? It's, it's Will he good. be part so of the hopefully... elite, right? Will he not be? Will he be solo? Does well, he reference what happened with the elite? You know, does he yeah. get to do some of that? Like, yeah, you guys are, you know. Oh, that's right. Didn't like, they beat up the Young Bucks? There was um, some, yeah, there was some turn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah because was... it was with the Trios tournament, and yeah. uh, Adam Cole had to pick who is in a Trio's partner is going to be what the Young Bucks or Red Dragon, and then they all three beat up the Young Bucks or something like that. I think, or vice versa. I don't recall. I can't attest to the uh, the facts, but I know somebody did turn on somebody. So, and it was like right before they they all kind of went their separate ways. So, yeah, I like. And I think I think this would be a good direction when when Adam Cole comes back. I think it'd be cool to see him just as a lone wolf. You know, we've seen him with Undisputed. We've seen him with Red Dragon. Maybe he just needs some time as just a lone wolf. Yeah, yeah. Or even they could do something with Brit. You know, they could do something together too, where it's like the couple that wants to take over the company. Sure, some mixed good good mixed tags. Yeah, that'd be cool too. They can go to AAA and become the mixed tag team champions. <laughs> and then no show. <laughs> nah. Hell yeah. What you got, Pratik? I'm gonna go with I'm going to go with the uh, – I was supposed to go to this pay-per-view event, and this event had a lot of great matches on it. I'm going to go with the Anarchy in the Arena match from Double uh, yeah. Las Vegas. You know, just so many great moments through this match. You know, you had, like, these two factions building up. It was kind of when, like, Blackpool was kind of at the at the height of what they're doing. Then you throw in, you know, the wild man, Eddie Kingston, who, you know, he's a he's an underrated gem in my opinion. You know, I – I didn't really, I'll be frank, I didn't know him much before AEW, but, you know, his promos really impressed me. And he was kind of on the rise at that point, you know, because he was having programs with Punk. He was having programs with Jericho. I still remember there's the one, it, it just made me laugh so much. There's this one promo where, like, Jericho's music had hit. Kingston was already in the ring. Jericho came down. People were singing the 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 song and he's like all right shut up i become i become and like kingston's like mocking the theme song too and it was again you you believe everything that kingston says because he's got that underdog quality like a believable underdog he's like you, you this guy's literally fighting and scrapping to get to the top so you know this 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 had to happen you had to have you know blackpool and kingston come together to fight you know the jericho society also i think that that match kind of made some of the other people like daniel garcia and all like that was kind of a, a good showcase for them at that yeah time. yeah 
between yep. all the little all the little like feuds going on out throughout the arena and it's and it's hard to film those type of matches let's be honest here but the the the, the way they did it the crowd was into it there's still like on youtube there's still like cell footage of people who are like in other parts of the arena like filming like little parts like there was like one like like sequence where they were fighting in like an elevator shaft or something that wasn't on the pay-per-view like but like fans of can't oh that's cool that is yeah. super cool i didn't know about that no, it's it's on there if you look up. On yeah, because there's, I mean, there's uh, what was eight guys, eight guys, yeah. And so yeah. yeah, it's really hard to 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 see what everybody's doing at this all, all at once. I just I remember I remember being paced. I only saw it on pay per view. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the actual uh, event. I wanted to go though, but um, you know, I remember it just being paced. You know, for something like that, it can get it can be anarchy just pacing it out. You know, but it didn't it it didn't like it, there was maybe a few lulls in the match but it really i thought it was paced out really well you know i thought they did a good job with with a backstage brawl and then they the way it you know paced back into the ring and again that iconic shot of kingston with the gasoline just trudging down to the arena. oh my like, gosh i forgot about that moment me too i just yeah I and then just he just remember. poured on jericho and brian and brian's like what yeah, the fuck are you doing like a like a like a psychopath like it's and brian's it's, like what are you doing man what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> you need wow. the, you need those moments sometimes in wrestling. Yep. Like people, yeah. I, I remember there was an interview with Kevin Owens where he's like, you know, sometimes you remember more of the moments than the matches themselves. And I think that this what is a match for all those type of moments. You know, when 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 the ring ropes explode, and, you know, it's just it's 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 a wild match. Uh, look, we're looking, oh, looking oh, at twenty eight oh, minutes forty five seconds. Oh, sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, uh, Xavier has a heckler. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bit of a hack. I think it was Anarchy and Xavier's Anarchy, in the, <laughs> Anarchy and Xavier's house. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, my dog, my dog's tripping. He's, uh, I think it's, I think there's ghosts because he's always just like barking at and nothing. Then he freaks out. Yeah. Sorry, folks. We've all heard dogs before. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Justin Roberts' intro for that match. He's literally like. Guy, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> oh, he did say that too. He's like, "All yeah. right, I'm out of here." Like, he's like defeated. Like this is. <laughs> yeah, we we. I, I want to say the world is a better place with people like Eddie Kingston. You know, yeah. he, I'm I'm going back to that. He uh, just great presentation, mm-hmm. great promos, super fluid, organic, and it's he's believable. He's relatable. You know, from all from all sides. He's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Eddie Kingston. I didn't know much about him. He had a, you know, he had a, a cup of coffee and TNA, but I didn't know much about him either. But he's one of those guys that was in the trenches with CM Punk and Colt Cabana and Chris Hero and Brian Danielson. He was on those shows, you know, and everybody else just became stars. And for some reason, he just became the the journeyman, and he just didn't really become a star. But he should have been. He's amazing. He's really good. His yeah. promos are incredible. Um, he's he's a really intense, you know. A lot of times I look at Eddie Kingston, and I never thought this before, but I look at Eddie Kingston and I go, you know, if I became a wrestler, that's probably what I would have been, Eddie Kingston, you know. There you go. I just there really think, like, because well, I used to role play, you know, back in the day when I was younger. And, like, my character, I would think of Rhino, you know, kind of based on Rhino. Uh-huh. But now that I kind of look back on it, it was more Eddie Kingston than Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um that was an incredible match that really was yeah. i really enjoyed yeah. that uh that that fire spot where he was gonna light him on fire that was oh. he didn't care about anybody else he he, <laughs> he would burn all the other guys just to get to jericho just to get that to was him. what was great about it yeah 
It was fun. And just his body language carrying the 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 you know the gas can. Yeah, and yeah because and then so- you're thinking like, well, what's he gonna do? Because Brian's there, <laughs> and you're thinking he's gonna yeah. tell Brian to move. Like he just dumps it on both of them. <laughs> and his facials, a madman, you know, a the madman. Believe it was real gas, or if it was like water. Yeah, it's probably just water. Yeah. But then people would be online, they'd be like, I can smell I didn't smell gas. Like probably. <laughs> it's not real gas. It's not real gas. <laughs> well, in the internet wrestling community and they're just, you know. They complain about everything, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're never gonna be happy. No. Are we part of that? Do we do we constitute? I mean kinda, yeah. <laughs> We're celebrating it to a degree. There you go. I consider myself more of a wrestling historian than a wrestling fan. Sure. Ah, there you <laughs> go. Yes. Hell yeah. All right. Uh I, think you're I was looking for another match because I was trying to go uh crazy again. Because it reminded me of another match that we saw. Yeah, go crazy, dude. Hell yeah. What match was this? Uh Jericho versus Kingston. Speaking of Kingston again. Yeah, uh, the barbed wire everywhere match. That match uh-huh. was pretty insane. That was like, uh, you know, when you mentioned uh, Justin Roberts in training saying she's gonna hit the fan, I remember the barbed wire every match, everywhere match. His microphone was wrapped in barbed wire. Yes, <laughs> like yes. it literally was. Touches, yeah. Like when they say when they announce a barbed wire everywhere match, you think, oh, that's silly, right? They're not gonna have barbed wire everywhere, but they literally had it everywhere. <laughs> like that was a pretty insane match. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with AEW and go with the barbed wire everywhere match. Was that at um where was that? I'm trying to figure out when that was. I'm trying to look yeah. up and figure out what that was. It was a special dynamite, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Fighter Fest night two. There you go. Yeah, so it was one of the like pay-per-view style uh Fighter Fest. Oh yes, okay, thing. I remember this. Yeah, okay. So this was also you had you had barbed wire everywhere and you had the members of Jericho Appreciation Society. Locked in the oh, shark they were locked cage. in the shark cage as oh, part yeah. of promotion for Scar Shark Week because the Discovery Warner merger had just happened. Oh, I never really put that together. There you mm-hmm. go. I remember they were doing corporate tie-ins, baby. Yeah, and then Anna J came out, and that's when yeah. she she knocked out Ruby and took the key. Mm-hmm. Oh, then, that's yeah. when she turned right. Yeah, that's when she turned heel. Yeah, and so joined the JAS, and that's she helped them uh, get them because Tay Tay Conte came out, Tay Conte. And I think mm-hmm. her and Ruby were fighting, and then Anna Jay came out, and she just knocked Ruby the fuck out. Right. And then she lowered the cage. And then, silly ass Daniel Garcia just slips out between the bars. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they couldn't get the key. It's like, that was even if you can do that, don't. <laughs> Yeah, she. I don't. I don't think she could get the key to work. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. They were having trouble opening the cage, and Daniel she, Garcia. Yeah. I think it was Daniel Garcia just like slipped out. Bucket, you know. I think they had to keep cutting the cameras. I think like, Kingston hit. Didn't Kingston hit Jericho with the barbed wire microphone in the match? I think like, yeah, like in the beginning. <laughs> Such a good nuance, you know. It's like, like you 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 get this match that's so brutal, has so much brutality, but yeah, it's also funny and you know. Just heartwarming. It's funny, entertaining, and also like barbed wire on AEW TV. I mean, that's, you know, we don't always get that. That's on Dynamite, right. Yeah, yeah, that's something that is kind of taboo in wrestling, barbed wire. 
for the mainstream and real barbed wire spots, not just like, oh, we're going to swing and miss. Like, you know, yeah, like, like these dudes yeah. are stuck. You'll get the like, occasional like baseball stuck. batter two by four in WWE. Yeah. But not yeah, like this. this. Yeah, this was the real deal. This is really? a good call, Sam. I totally forgot about this match. Yeah, I did too, but I remembered right when Pratik said Justin Roberts, I was like, oh, I just picture him with the barbed wire microphone. <laughs> Like, uh, go. EW does go a good there. job with those little touches. They know they're again. They're trying to bring a different. You know, I think it, like one of the first interviews Jericho gave after he signed with them. He's like, you know, we're we're Pulp Fiction and WWE's like Disney or something. Like they're trying to do something a little bit different, more adult oriented. And I think yeah. this this match fits that brand of hey, we're not going to be for everybody. You know, this may not be necessarily for little kids. You know, so no, it was it was entertaining. It was fun. Yeah, there was a little botch spot or whatever. You know, whatever. Um, I I remember being very. I remember wishing the match was a little longer because I'm looking at the times right now. It's only it was only 13 minutes. I think. Oh one of the wow. things, but one I mean, of the how many how many minutes can you really roll around in barbed wire? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I want two more minutes. Two two minutes. Yeah. Three, two more seconds. Can I get two more minutes of the? Uh, yeah, two more barbed wire. Yeah, Jericho wishes. I really want to draw less. out the blood of the barbed wire. <laughs> I think Jericho, Jericho's the only guy. So you have two nights. You have two two nights of this uh, uh, fire fest, and the challenge is you're trying to stack that deck. But again, you only have two hours with less than two hours if you count commercials. So yeah. it's just a matter of just pacing and getting every match in there, um, you know. But you know, again, they're Tony's doing you know the Lord's work. You know, you can't. And I'm not like trying to like give him all the credit. I'm just saying like it's it's not easy to fit everybody, get the times and get the commercials, get everything in. But you know, he's doing what he can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people are suffering, like Miro, right now, but like he's he's doing a good job getting a lot of people on TV and things like that. Yeah, no, for sure. But Miro was also filming. Like, there's there's like some. I think Miro responded to either Meltzer's uh, because you know Miro's been anti Meltzer for years. Um, mm-hmm. I think he responded to some Dave Meltzer report and was like, uh, "No, I've been off filming like something." So like he's he, he's claiming it's not just creative. It's he's been busy doing other projects as well. he's doing other stuff that's good that's good yeah. good for him i'm glad that he yeah. is yeah stay yeah, busy i thought he was hurt yeah. but i remember the acting or he might have had a little minor injury there might have been some you know right. he had an injury at some point yeah but he's healthy he had an now. injury they also work hurt and then like when they uh, yeah. get time they're like okay now i'm going to take care of all these things that i've been yeah. fighting you know so there's that too you know yeah i think i read reports that he was working hurt and then it just kind of coincided with him taking off to act mm-hmm. so so we'll see. <clears throat> Hell yeah. All right, let's My, uh, go round three. All right, here we go. I'm going to change the uh, course of this thing. Oh, shit. It's right? I'm switching it up. So Seamus versus Gunther, uh, Clash mm-hmm. of the Castle. This, That's a- this, this was a time where um, I was not watching the WWE product. And I think this is right around the time where this podcast was maybe conceived or beginning to, you know, become. Um, and yeah, I was off that day. I was cleaning the house. I was like, I'm going to fucking put this pay-per-view on. Like I got to start watching some more wrestling, like, you know, and uh, that match literally caught me off guard, caught my attention. So hard hitting. Uh, Gunther's just insane. You know, Sheamus is like that old dog that just, won't go down you know what i mean like just keeps coming back he works i think his neck's all fucked up his back's all fucked up but he just keeps doing it and and performing and delivering you know and just two behemoths going at it and from from someone who hasn't watched the product in so long to tune into that and just 
I was like, this could be one of the matches of the year, you know? And I think it, I think it did make some lists. So that one stood out to me, you know, I'm changing the course that, that match was insane. It's uh yeah. I just remember like, you know, Seamus had kind of a career reinvigoration this year between, you know, the brawling brutes, you know, again, he's elevating Rich Holland. He's elevating, you know, mm-hmm. Pete Dunn, AKA Butch, you know, but again, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's bringing these guys, you know, up with them as well. He's trying to elevate and, and Pete Dunn definitely deserves, you know, to be viewed in that same sphere. So good for him to bring them up. They've, and then, you know, you had that, you know, at the same time as, Seamus and Gunther are fighting each other. Imperium is getting back together too, because uh, I believe they had split off for a little bit during the main roster run. So it was like I believe the Clash of the Castle was the first time you saw Imperium back together uh, in the main roster. And, and yeah, that, the know, other guy, Vinci Giovanni. Giovanni. Um, right? Yeah, he was he was doing the uh, the, the the Tony D'Angelo thing. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, he was doing the Tony D'Angelo thing for a little while. And I think they were trying to make that work, but they're like, we just need Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Imperium. Yeah. What, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't the most keeping up with the product, but I did, you know, see like tweets and stuff and, you know, dirt sheets talking about how they're going to like split them up. And I'm like, why would you do that? You know, it works. Like, and it yeah, works I thought well. it was silly when they brought him up without him. I do. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't make any sense. I know the fourth guy went back to UK or something, but. The, oh, yeah. is that um, is that uh, Alexander Wolf, whatever his name was? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, He's still, you could have had a three man. It was, it was great. And again, this it was like you, you. This wasn't a culmination match. This was the match that led to more Imperium mm-hmm. versus Brawling Brute matches. You had a whole summer, not summer. Excuse me. You had a whole fall full of like there was like the Donnybrook match at Extreme Rules. But oh, yeah. You had the rematch on SmackDown. That was great. Like this, the, it, it's one of those times where the match kicks off, you know, the program kind of thing. And it, again, you had two like stars who kind of started in the UK too, which, you know, if you looked at the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view, there weren't a ton of like UK stars, you know, on the, on the card itself. So I was like, we need one big, like, yeah, you can't just have Drew McIntyre. You need like Seamus, you need Gunther. So I'm like, I'm happy mm-hmm. that these two stars got their big sort of, you know, this was basically a mania match for them in, in the UK. So, you know, they deserve yeah. and they delivered, you know, and, and again, Seamus career view, he, he, he certainly deserves it. And there's the story too, that he didn't have the one title that's eluded him has been the intercontinental. So I think that, you know, I think there's still excitement there. I, I, I I'm not against seeing another Seamus and Gunther match for so, so good for, especially in this era of, WWE matches getting repeated and like, oh, we've seen this 10,000 times. It's boring. It doesn't feel boring with them. It's yep. perfect. And again, yeah. Luther is built like a monster and they're building him well. You, know, you want to see, you know, when's the monster going to fall? Who's going who's gonna to take the title from it? And frankly, I think it should be, you know, Seamus. I think he deserves it. Yeah, they had a really good uh, video profile on Gunther last night, you know, of all the people that stepped up to him and got laid to rest. Uh, which is really cool but yeah he is a monster they're building him up really big they're building him up well yeah exactly they really are um this was like you said fatigue i didn't really think about it till until you just said that but this was a perfect match to be on clash of the castle because these are two guys that did get their start in the uk and did build their names in the uk before going to wwe you know sheamus has been on the main roster since 2009 but he still did start out there and doing all Mm -hmm. that stuff out there. oh yeah it's almost like a homecoming. It is like a homecoming oh, for them. Yeah. It's just like Davy Boy in a 92 or whatever it was. Yes. Yes, that's super cool. Yeah, no, these two guys, man, they really exceeded my expectations a lot. Like, they went out there and they just they just 
they beat the crap out of each other. They really did. And um, it was great. And then they they had all these other matches. Like you said, it brought up a whole a whole feud. And I wouldn't mind seeing these guys go at it again. They were really good. And it was perfect timing, too, because, like you said, the two groups came together around the same time. And they were mostly, you know, in NXT, I guess, except for Sheamus. But, yeah, yeah, good match, definitely. I think I'm up, right? Yes, sir. For my final pick, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the with the tie, uh, two matches, <laughs> and then I still have honorable mentions too. But you know, I, I just I got to pick. I'm going to pick um, uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania Night One. Yeah. Uh, that was sort of a story. Well, you thought the story was ending with that match because basically you had you know you had. Uh, Becky beating Bianca at SummerSlam literally like eight months ago in like 42 seconds or whatever. And this was the culmination of like, hey, she's finally going to get the title back. You know, I remember being there for this match, like the the crowd. And you had, this was night one, which was a stacked uh, card. You had, you know, the the return of Cody. You had, you know, is Austin going to wrestle? What are they doing? What's going on there? You know, uh, so I was, I was very, uh, excited about this match, but going in, like, the place just came unglued for this match. They, you know, Bianca's a star. Like, if we want to talk about, like, oh, WWE's just bringing back legends. They're not pushing anybody. No, they're pushing Bianca. She she has all the makings of a star. The kids, being being at that mania, like, I was I was doing a, I was trying to observe what the kids were into. I was like, okay, who are, who are you know, who are the faces? Who are those baby faces? Who are, who are people into it? The kids love Bianca, boys, girls, whoever, like everybody's into her. Like she's just, she, she's great, you know, with the hair, the way she comes out, her entrance that night had like a choir or something. Like it was just, it was, it was the perfect star making. Like, you know, you want to see the baby face get the belt at the big, at the big showcase, at the big pay-per-view. And yeah. I feel like in these last few years, WWE doesn't always pull that off well, but they did with this story. It was great. And again, Becky Lynch, she knows exactly what she's doing. You know, she's, she's, she was working heel at the time. It was perfect. It was the perfect kind of like, I'm holding the title. You're not going to get it type of thing. And the promos back and forth leading up to it were great. And it just, yeah, no, place came unglued. Match, I'm looking at the time. It didn't, I think it was like, uh, what was the time? I think like 15 something. Um, but again, didn't drag, had the right amount of, you know, physicality, technicality, you know, moves mattered. The near falls made you feel something, you know, like it was, it was great. I was very impressed with that. Great way to kind of give Bianca uh, her, her belt back, kind of close one chapter of the story. Obviously they still had a few more matches after that, but you know, this was a great match to go from, Oh, why are we just doing it? Why are we seeing this in 40 seconds or whatever? Like you, you got the little tease of it at SummerSlam and then the payoff came at Mania and it was perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bianca's a star. Bianca is a star from top to bottom. I'm absolutely mesmerized every time she's on the screen. Um, her her in her in ring work is top notch. Her promos are great. They're fluid. Her tone of voice, her facials, uh, her moveset. She's an athlete, you know, through and through. Um, I feel like that's another you know character, if you will, that's relatable, believable. Um, you know, achievements through the roof. And it was a, it was a good way to kind of cement her and give her that moment. Becky's great too. Becky's a star, you know, um, 
if we're talking popularity, I don't know who's more over, but you're right. Bianca's great with the kids. She's very, it's almost like an inspirational situation, you know? I don't yes. know. She's, just, she's, she's great, man. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. That was a great, great match. And I love anything Bianca does. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is definitely Becky um, elevating Bianca, you know, using her star power to kind of elevate yeah. um, Bianca, who's definitely going to be on top of the on top of WWE for the next, you know, whatever amount of years, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, these two these two are incredible. I want to get one of those Bianca hair clips. They have those. Now. Yes. Oh shit! They sell that. Hell, yeah. they sell the they sell the clip with the ponytail on it. I gotta get that. Hell yeah! Hell There's like yeah. lip toys too because she has like the whole lip logo thing. There's like little lip oh, toys. Right. Yeah, order me one. A whole line. They got a whole line of things for her. <laughs> yeah, but Let's I mean, uh, one one. you know. Uh, Becky put her over, <laughs> and Sasha put her over, and um, with 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 reason, you know, she's going to be really good, or she is really good, mm-hmm. but she's going to be uh, the face of the company, I think, you know, at least for the women. I don't know, but yeah, I think uh, Becky and Bianca really tore the house down, and then their match at SummerSlam was really good too. Yes, and that was kind yep. of uh, that was really a passing the torch or SummerSlam match. You know, I feel like. Becky elevated her at WrestleMania, but then she passed the torch to her at, at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam, yeah. That was when yep. uh, Becky turned babyface and left for a while because she had an injury. And she kind of passed her to the baton a little bit. I really do think that. Yeah, that, I was debating between the SummerSlam match or the Mania match. The SummerSlam yeah. match was interesting because that was, uh, you know, Bianca grew up in Tennessee. So there was a lot of hometown, you know, fervor for uh, Bianca. And, mm. uh, um, you know, it was definitely one of those things. I, I think it was a little bit more just, you know, for me that that pop when she won the belt at Mania, like it was yeah. the moments. Yep. So that that's what did it for me. But again, at SummerSlam, we also had the returning. You had Becky turning face, but you also had the return of uh, of Bailey with with uh, with damage control too. So yep. Right. Yeah, but that was a huge turning point in the women's division too. And the first match of the night too, by the way. And then wasn't it the SummerSlam yeah. prior to that? Um, that Becky beat her in like a minute and a half. Yes, yep. the forty-six at whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I that was that. crazy. So yeah, they went yeah. from that to a year later, where Becky passes to her the torch. And I remember it was funny. Right after Mania, I was like, "Oh, what are they going to do this again?" And then they were like, "Yeah, we're going to save it till we're going to save it till SummerSlam." You're their single. Yep. But they kept it going. You you would think like, "Oh, let's do it a backlash and right. the program will die down." No, they kept you waiting, and it and it delivered. You know, I think. It's one of those times where WWE does deliver, like making you wait, you know, spreading it out. So good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially, especially when it's good. And th- there's so much stock in Bianca. She's young. There's there's longevity there, and it's it it's someone who's captivating. You know, like you don't want to turn off the, you know, you don't want to change the channel. You don't want to go, you know, check the air fryer. Like it, it, you, you <laughs> not. You know what I'm it saying? Depends like, on what's in the air fryer. I think that too, yeah. dude. That too, but. You know, it's it's hard for me to look away. Like, it, you know, I have no yeah. desire to to look away. Not saying that you know things make me want to look away, but no, yeah, certainly they do, and they can, and that's okay. I mean, things do make me want to look away, like when Elias or Baron Corbin's on TV. Yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, change the channel. You know, I'm a Ezekiel sure. fan. <laughs> You're a, a, a Zeke freak. I'm hoping that they at the Rumble they like the same way Mick Foley came out like oh, three times. Oh, oh yeah. shit. I am hoping that Elias, or maybe Elias comes out first, (laughs) then he shaves halfway through and comes out as a deal. I wonder how fast Uh, he can grow the beard, though. 
<laughs> well, no, that's why he should do Elias first. And then, right. But I mean, then he can't be Elias the next night at oh, all. Well, then maybe he'll be, he'll get a fake beard or something. He'll get a fake beard, yeah. There was a couple, like when he, when he first, uh, was like, oh, my Elias is coming back that first night. I'm like, dude, you have a fake. That's, that's, that's some Hollywood. Oh, when they did Elias and Ezekiel having a conversation. Yeah. That beard did not look real. Yeah. No. Call back to the faces of Foley, which was great. I had that shit on VHS. I was scared. I was scared of mankind. That was in San Jose, (laughs) by the way. Woo. What's that? That was in San Jose. What? Mick Foley was in it three times. Jeez, that's sick. I didn't sick. go to it, but God, it was in my hometown. Fuck it, it was there. Hell yeah! But Patik, you said you had a tie. What's the other one? I did say I have a tie. Yeah, so you have another one. match. All right, here we go. I'm going to go with um, this was on a SmackDown. Um, you know, yes, I, I do think FTR uh, take the title for best tag team of the year, but but the, the close second for me, they they've been workhorses all year. Uh, this is RK Bro versus the Usos to unify the the tag team titles. Should have been a Mania match. I don't know why they kept them separate. Maybe they just need to fill out the two nights. But this was Mania quality match right here. You know, you had RK Bro, who, which again, being at those pay per views live, like the kids, those RK Bro T shirts were all over. Place. All the kids, they love, they love them some Matt Riddle, Randy okay, Orton, bro, four twenty, for RK Pro four twenty, unreal. I still can't believe they printed that, but <laughs> the, yeah, like you know, uh, tap my bongs, bro. Like he's doing that yeah. one national. No, he was a hit my bong, <laughs> hit my bongs. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I got. I want, I want to get it right. Uh, it, it uh, you know, again, it's Randy Orton elevating, elevating talent, and also like reinvigorating his career too. I feel like he'd been kind of stagnant the last few years. So for me, this was a great way. And he's even said openly, like, this is some of the best work I'm doing. You know, um, yeah. that was Randy's, Randy's last match of the year. You know, I hope you know, speedy recovery to, to to Mr. Orton. You know, I hope yeah. everything. His surgery and everything goes well. Um, yeah, just pay-per-view quality match on SmackDown, giving the time to to a match on SmackDown. You know, SmackDown, as we remember, was the wrestling show. Was you know they gave time to matches. I still remember one of my favorite SmackDown matches ever is that uh, the Iron Man with uh, with uh, Angle and Lesnar. Yeah, play. that's oh. a, the I call that the lost Iron Man match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lost. <laughs> he also had a lost TLC match on SmackDown. That's true too. It, yeah, during yeah. during the Heyman era, when yeah. he was kind of just running free with that, where it was literally like I think I think there was an interview with Heyman where Raw ratings had dropped in like two thousand three, two thousand four. So they were like, okay, every, all the major writers and producers go to Raw. Heyman, this is your ship. Just just make sure the show doesn't get canceled. Do whatever you want. And he basically <laughs> got free reign. To do like you know these TLC matches, extreme room matches. I think that's at the same time, around the same time when the when the Big Show Lesnar the ring exploded. That move happened on on SmackDown too. So, you know, it was an interesting time for SmackDown. And this this match, you know, this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Just giving time to all these four competitors. You have the Bloodline story, which again, it's I'm still intrigued. I want to know when it's going to implode. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So. You know, I just I had to make that one of my final picks because, you know, the Usos, you know, they've been putting on good work for years. They started like, you know, oh, Rikishi's sons, you know, mid card working like mania pre-shows and then they're doing some of their best work, you know, so so good on all four athletes. You know, you know, again, like the psychology of a tag team match, you know, you everybody got their spots in. the near falls matter. The crowd was into it. You know, you could feel it that night. And again, just a pay-per-view quality match on TV. So I had to give it to. 
Yeah, that was definitely a good one. And like you said, it, it could have been mania quality, pay-per-view quality. Uh, all four athletes are just incredible at what they do. You have Orton, the veteran. At the top of their game, right? Yeah. At, yeah, at the top of their game. And maybe you can even consider Usos veterans. You know, they've been in the game yeah. for a long mm-hmm. time. And um, best character work ever of their career. Mm-hmm. I have no qualms with saying that. Um are they at like 400 and something days as champions you know like yeah you know just stoic like it's just wow you know and riddle doing his thing he's a young cat but you know it it just works and i think with orton kind of leading that ship it was just great tag team technician work you know yeah a great match Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like Matt Riddle definitely brings um, a realism. You know, I feel like the MMA guys bring just this, this, yes. this realism to it. You know, there's just this brutalness as they hit hard. Well, it looks like they hit hard, you know, <laughs> and you know what they're capable of. Um, but yeah, so when I, when, when RK Bro first started teaming up, I thought it was really stupid, you know, um, but it kind of came together really well. I think I like how they did the slow burn with Randy Orton kind of accepting it, where Randy mm-hmm. Orton was very hesitant yeah. at first. You know, he even RKO'd him a bunch of times. And Riddle just kept going, come on, bro, be my friend. And um, <laughs> But the storytelling with this match was incredible because, you know, RK, bro, and uh, were built up really big on Raw. They lost the belts. They won them back. You know, they seemed pretty unbeatable. And then they got this big match against the Usos. And then that just leads them to this big storyline with the, with the bloodline. And Randy Orton gets out, you know, gets injured. And they really turned it into the bloodline took him out. Right, so yep. when Randy Orton comes back, if if Randy Orton comes back, uh, I mean, there's already a built-in storyline for him right there. Just go straight straight for Roman because Roman took him out. Mm-hmm. Or he turns on him off too. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the bloodline took him out, but Roman's got the belt. Bloodline's out. Yeah, <laughs> but Roman's the big dog. <laughs> Not anymore. For now. Hell yeah. All right, let's wrap this thing up with a little bow on it. Um, so I uh, wanted to also include a Bianca Belair match because I feel like that women's uh, War Games match at Survivor Series was just a whole yeah. other level. Like, mm-hmm. like they, it was the opening match, so it set the tone for the night, and those women just brought it. You know, there was a few botches like when they couldn't. I forget who it was. They couldn't get the. Uh, Oh, it was Mia Yim who couldn't get the garbage cans in the ring. That was really funny. Right. Um, yeah. But for the most part, like, this match was brutal. You know, it was really fun. It told a great story. And everybody, I feel like everybody in the match was utilized to the best of their abilities. You had, like, a lot of mini feuds in this as well because you had, like, Mia Yim and uh, uh, Rhea Ripley. They were kind of having their little, you yeah. know, feud with the uh, uh, OC and uh, Judgment Day. Uh, so it's like it, – I kind of like that you're, like – you have, like, these teams kind of coming together, these superstars coming together, wrestlers coming together. And, like, we may not all get along, but, like, hey, we're here to kind of, you know – we have a common goal, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a common goal. Like, oh, you're the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever. You know, um, uh, the 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 miss spot with Asuka. I, I remember that. That was. I I know those are kind of comical, but it made sense for this match. You know, 
um, made good use of Asuka, you know, again, like just hard hitting too. Like the weapons were used, the, the weapons were introduced the right way. You know, you're not just, oh, we're just going to throw out this thing all of a sudden. Like, no, there was, there was, there was a point to it. There was a pacing, uh, you know, yeah, definitely the better of the two war games matches of the night, you know, was this one. Yeah. Um, and again, we did the, we did the men's match in the way in the show, just because, the story they were telling with with Sammy. The story they were telling was yeah. deeper, um, and there were still like good story points in the men's match too. But but from mm-hmm. a from a from a bell to bell point of view, the women's war games match. There's a reason we we include it. No, I I agree. No, great great way to kick off this historic. Again, we were bringing war games back to the main roster. This was this yeah, was that was big, a big deal too, and that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that was the first match too. If I'm not first, yeah, yeah. open yeah. the show. Yeah, you open strong. Everyone's great. I'm happy to see, you know, Dakota Kai back. I'm happy to see Mia Yim back. Um, these are talents that are, I'm, I'm just so big on the natural organic talent. You know what I mean? I'm sure you can teach it, you know, but, um, just the, the fluidity. There was method to the madness. Yeah. Um, of course, some missed spots, but it's going to happen. I do wish the, uh, War Games cage had a ceiling, but, you know, that's just me being like, you know, opinionated, but uh, yeah, it was a great match from top to bottom. I actually rewatched it a few times, and yeah, all the ladies, all the ladies really pulled it out. They did, they pulled off the all the you know all the high spots that they needed to, and they they really put their bodies on the line for us. And great weapon work, you know, some silly things here and there, but yeah, it was just a, a good match from from bell to bell. I was interested from top to bottom. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to mention that I did forget. Um, was the build. I feel like the build to this match was the, the reveal of the teams was a lot more mm. fun and exciting than the yep. men's one. Yeah. Because yes. they drug it out a little bit more. It was a little bit more yep. like, ooh, what side is Mia Yim going to be on, you know? And then when Mia Yim picked the good guy's side, that's when Rhea came out and Rhea's like, hey, if she's on their team, I'll be on your team. I'll be on your team, yeah. No. Because there she's on go. their team, exactly. One thing, yeah. though, is the Mia Yim and uh, Rhea Ripken, they never had a one-on-one match. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. I don't. Weird. Yeah, I don't recall. Even no. yet, I don't think they have. Yeah, maybe they're saving it for you know yeah. pay per views. Maybe. I yeah. Think yeah. Moved on. But yeah, but yeah, that was a really good match. It was really. I mean, it was a really good night for wrestling that night because that was when kind of when you know, Triple H took over for you know at SummerSlam time. But like Survivor Series is when he kind of put up the a new gear. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gave he him a little couple in, months so. to know what he was doing. I still remember. There was some like criticism of last year's uh, from from 2021 Extreme Rules. Oh, there's only one Extreme Rules match on the card, and then this year there was like so many Extreme Rule matches on the card. And I yeah. feel like that's it was kind of around Extreme Rules when like okay, now we're getting the Triple H program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing that really annoys me, I guess this is kind of off subject here, is uh, Dragon Lee, uh, big Triple A Lucha Libre guy, just signed with WWE, and a lot mm-hmm. of people on Facebook are like, oh, is he going to be the next Kalisto? Oh, are they going to ruin him like they do with all the other luchadors? And it's like, I feel like you can't compare what they're doing now to something that happened when Vince McMahon was in charge. Exactly. Because it's a whole different mindset, you know? Like, he's going to go to NXT, and he's going to be in the sole hands of Shawn Michaels. And then, after a year and a half or whatever, or a year, I don't know, he's going to go to the main roster, and he'll be in the sole hands of Triple H. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited about new new opportunities, new adventures, and just what they can do um, going forward, you know? So they did confirm he's going to NXT first, right? Yeah, that's been confirmed, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's got he's got a fighting chance. You know, he, he's another remarkable talent. Uh, all the matches he's had with Time Bomb, 
Mm-hmm. I think it was like War of the Worlds, New Japan ROH, uh, just put his body on the line. And he's a tiny dude, just like me, you know? So Yeah, I want to go I back and re- watch some of his stuff. I really do. Dude, you got to watch that. I'll, I'll link you. Um, incredible. Yep. Just incredible. All these spots to the outside, sunset flips, and gosh, <laughs> Makes you cringe, you know what I mean? Like he's he's insane. Dragon Lee's incredible. I do Hell think yeah. he has a fighting chance uh, under this regime. I hope the best for him. Obviously, I'm a I'm an AEW guy, so I, I wish he was there. But at the same time, sometimes you got to switch it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Mystico or uh, what's his name, Sin Cara, he kind of failed. Um, Triple H did handpick him to sign, but then you know Vince Man era still. Yeah, dropped the ball. I think he got hurt a lot or was hurting people. That too. Know. You guys remember yeah. when Sin Cara broke his fingers and he was trying to stop the match and then Del Rio just kept kicking him in the head? Yes. <laughs> Good times. Oh, fun times. Good times. Uh, yeah. Should we get into a couple honorable mentions? Yes. Hell yes. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say my first honorable mention, I'm going to go first with this one, uh, not because of the work rate, but because of the novelty of it, I think. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, at WrestleMania, great, great, like great choice. I think having Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, you know how many years removed, right? But I think having given him one more match to kind of go out on his terms is something that he probably wanted for some closure because you know he stopped wrestling because he was hurt, not because he wanted to, you know, exactly. And so this was more of a of a walking brawl than a you know master technical master class. But yeah. uh, these two guys were made for brawls, and I feel like this was incredible just to see Steve Austin have his match. And then uh, the awful stunner to Vincent Mann was kind of the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the next night, though. So I technically, I look at that as that's a whole Oh, that was the next thing. night? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Um, I just remember, first off, Kevin Owens deserves – all his flowers, all the credit in the world for carrying that whole program. There was yeah. one video from Stone Cold. The The rest of the live build for this match was Owens doing everything, doing insulting to, and doing, yes, he went heel 101 insulting Texas, but it was so creative. Then there was the night in Chicago, which I wish I'd gone to that robbery, comes out as Stone Cold doing his yeah. best. <laughs> <laughs> he's got and the ball cap on and got the ball oh, yeah. cap. He's doing the <laughs> perfectly. He's doing everything. It was, uh, and for me being there, like I had never gotten to, I did see a house show in 2001 where Austin was using the, the disturbed theme at that point. Oh, cool. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I never heard the old school glass break theme live. So that was probably my, like, I'll, I'll cherish that memory forever. You get to hear the glass break. It doesn't matter. Kids, young, old, whoever. There could have been, like, a five-year-old there who never heard it. Like, the place, again, it comes unglued. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's iconic. It's one of those wrestling things where just, nope, we know who that is. It's it's perfect. Then he, then he, I remember like in that build, cause first it's like a little like TV thing or whatever, like Owens TV or whatever. Uh, then Stone Cold goes back to get the four wheeler. And again, the crowd, just all the kids, all the, I saw like dad, dad, I saw dads nudging their sons, be like, yeah, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> There was there was so much just you know you, you got all the iconic Stone Cold moments four wheelers stunners you know beer you know like just everything was timed perfectly it it was a and it was like again it was a hard hitting DQ match like Stone Cold really went for it you know he knew it like, was yeah you're right it was kind of like a Stone Cold's greatest hits 
He was taking but like he took some bumps. He took he the, there was a table spot too where like the reversal of like Kevin Owens and then like no Stone Cold throw him to the table and I have actually a piece of that table. Like they were selling them as like plaques or whatever. So I have that at my parents' house. Like a piece wow. of the table That's from that sick. match. Yeah. It's 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 really cool, you know. Um, um and again, like the way <laughs> there's this one move where I think like uh, Kevin Owens has the chair and again Kev- Owens is the perfect at these things where like the plan backfires on him where like he has the chair it hits the ropes and the chair hits him and then oh, yeah oh yeah that's the old school Kurt Angle spot <laughs> yeah Ken Shamrock too used to do yes, that a lot Shamrock used to do that <laughs> the too. rock yeah but again it takes a talent to pull that off it takes it does it takes, yeah to yeah, make it, it look takes, believable absolutely yeah. Um, and then again, yeah, you know who's gonna win. It's that, it's sort of like, it's that, it's that stone cold riding off into the sunset in Texas of all places too, you know. Uh, and then I believe another moment, I don't know what the Peacock like pay per view shows, but his brother comes out at the end to do a toast oh. with him. So I thought that was really kind of iconic too. That's you know? cool. He I had to remember. share ring with his older brother. Wait, whose brother? Stone Cold's brother. Stone Cold's. Who's his brother? It's just like, I mean, I don't know what's that. His, his name, Rick, Rick Austin or whatever. I don't know. Like, no. <laughs> no, but guy? I guess it was, it was a guy in a Stone Cold hat. But yes, it was, everybody was like, that's his brother. That's his like, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not like a wrestler. No, he's not a wrestler, dude. Just he got Tom Fowler from his podcast. Tom, <laughs> yeah. Like some NXT call up came up. As well. <laughs> and I think Tom Fowler is his wife's brother. But uh, he's on the podcast a lot. I don't know if it was him or not, but. That's funny. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, you know, again, I'm going to go back to just watching two people that you would never expect to see in a ring toe-to-toe and then deliver. Um, and, yeah, give Austin that little, that little, you know, off to the sunset. Goodbye, it, yeah, and it was exactly. a main event, technically. Yeah, yes. yeah. What? And you want to see Stone Cold win, and you want to see – here's my thing. Sometimes you'll watch like uh, maybe let's say a Ric Flair match, maybe one of the recent ones. And it almost like hurts you to watch it. You never mm-hmm. want to see, you know, someone you grew up watching and, and have a hard time watching it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I didn't get that with stone cold. If anything, I felt like he was on top of his game. He, uh, he felt confident. His facials were there. He had the silly stone cold facials. It, it almost looked like a callback to the Booker T Publix or whatever grocery store. Like grocery. when he's just wailing on you and he, and he thinks it's the funniest thing, yeah. you know? So there was, there was that callback among all the other ones. Um, so super entertaining, great spots. Love Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, I've seen Kevin Steen in bars in front of 50 people when I was growing up. So it's fucking cool to see him basically he headline mania yeah. with, with stone cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Like, oh, here, it's yeah, still here. So isn't the story that Kevin Owens was like an indie wrestler. He was at an airport. He was kind of like figuring out, he was figuring out finding his way and he ran into Stone Cold at the airport. And and, and the biggest piece of advice Stone Cold said is keep, keep talking shit, keep doing you. The exact, the exact what what happened was he approached Stone Cold in the airport and said, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm a huge fan. Give me one piece of advice, please. And Stone Cold said, don't stop running your mouth. Yeah. And he never did after that. He never did. Look at him now. Yeah. And to me, this is poetic that he got to like. I think he said in interviews, like, "Oh yeah, this is the highlight of my career." And to me, mm-hmm. for anyone who says Vince, you know, didn't take care of Owens, like that's that was under Vince's regime. That happened. Yep. He got a. He got a. That's a career highlight. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, and he was yeah. world that's champion. Like once in a, life, a few that's, times. That's like, a real once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. I know Rock Austin or Rock uh, John Cena. Yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> Which one were you there for? The first one or the second one? <laughs> or the fourth or fifth? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think it was oh, the, the one first in Miami, one. It was probably, in right? Miami, yeah. You know, a fun fact about that, that's Rock's first main event Mania win. Holy he never shit. had a Mania win. Wow. He never had a main event win at Mania. Yeah. Because the third Rock Austin win did not go last. Okay, I was about uh, to ask, did he not main event on 19? No. Nope, because that. Austin, if you remember, Austin got injured. Or no, he was like... He, he, was, he spent the night in the hospital the night before. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. He had like pneumonia or he had something really bad. I forgot what it was. It was like a heart thing because he was drinking a lot of energy drinks at the time. Yeah. I think he had like panic attacks or something, which yeah, I can totally relate yeah, to. But I remember Jim sucked. Ross talks about spending the night in the hospital with Austin mm-hmm. the night before. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I think they were just not sure what would be the. F- so I think that's why Angle and Lesnar, you know, went last. And- yeah, the way we can watch Lesnar fall on his head. <laughs> Legendary and- shooting stuff. Two of the best, though. I'll tell you that. That was it's- man. That match, Angle and Lesnar, was incredible until until the end. But it was incredible yep. match. And Angle literally had a broke. Angle was leaving to go. Yeah, to he was. Three. Yeah, and somehow Brock Lesnar got more <laughs> injured than Angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Kurt's last match for a while. Yep. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Wow. I went to the SmackDown prior to that, the the last the Go Home SmackDown, and my buddy and I both wore Team Angle shirts. And uh, my cousin, she's a really good artist, she drew us a poster. It was a Team Angle logo, and then said, we'll miss you, Kurt. And uh, we were walking from the top of the arena, the San Jose Arena, and our seats were like way at the at the floor, at the bottom. And uh, we we open the doors to the arena and people just like look at us and we're wearing the team angle shirts and we have the team angle sign. We're like, yeah, team angle, yeah. And people started booing us and we were just, like, talking shit to the audience as we're walking <laughs> down the steps and then people are just booing us and the boos are getting bigger and bigger and they're hella booing us. It was great. It was fucking it was wonderful. Classic yeah. WWE fans, <laughs> right? Fickle. Good times. Hell yeah. You guys, anybody else have an honorable mention? I have another one, but I want to wait for you guys to give some too. Pratik, have you picked one yet? Yeah, I got an honorable mention. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go... This is another... We're going to go night two of WrestleMania. The, the, the stupendous WrestleMania. <laughs> that was the tagline this year. Stupendous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to go with the uh, Anything Goes match with one Johnny Knoxville and one Mr. Sami Zayn. You know, Again, Ooh. to go from Kevin Owens to Sami Zayn again. Sami Zayn, like, this is, might be his like top year for WWE. Like He's on point. Mm-hmm. He's on fire. I mean, we, we've all known for years how charismatic he is, but I think now mainstream... WWE fans get to see, you know, his charisma full on. He's literally working with, he's working with the non, you know, those celebrity, you know, wrestling matches, they can either be, uh, or they could be amazing, you know, and mm-hmm. I think Knoxville, yeah. you know, we, we kind of knew we were, it's not going to be a five-star technical, <laughs> they're not going to exchange holds or anything. Okay. Like, no, we know what we're getting with Knox. It was going to be tasers. It was going to be that they brought the giant hand out from Jackass 3D, which is like, yep. God, pop for that. That was amazing. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 Party Boy, Chris Pontius, he showed up too. Oh. It was amazing, um, but again, the the 
I was in the arena for that. And I remember I was about to go to the bathroom because we didn't, you know, you don't know what match is coming on next. I was about to go to the bathroom and somebody's like, no, they're doing it. They're doing it next. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to hold it in. I got to watch all this because yep. again, when Wee Man grabs, it was to me, that was, that was this generation's, I'm going to say it, it was just generation's Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, like that. Yeah. The, the kids, everybody, the place, again, I'm not shitting you guys. It went nuts for Wee Man slamming Zane. Wow. It's, it's again it's a testament to zane you know working with the like he's basically like working himself essentially he's he's being the guy that gets them through all that stuff and yeah you could say oh why would a mouse trap be used as a pinning move or whatever i'm sure some internet wrestling critic right now is like i, I did not like that a mouse trap could, could pin a wrestler it's wrestling it's again it's entertainment it's it's and also it's mania it's it's the type of match it wouldn't work at extreme rules it wouldn't work at you know money in the bank it would work at mania there's there's a spectacle element to mania you need to have spectacle matches especially you know, on that night when you had, you know, this was a mania card full of, you know, Cody's return, Bianca going, getting the belt. You know, you had, you had a uh, Bobby Lashley and almost in the same night as well. Like, so you need something to kind of, you know, you you need you need a a gimmick match, if you will. And to me, this was the best place to do it. Again, it was timely with Jackass Forever coming out, so you bring eyes to the product. There's probably a general, and, and here's the other thing, Sami Zayn, if, as we, as we know, I mean, some of you might know, but he's a, he's a skater. He was a big jackass fan growing up. So for him, this was, you know, an iconic moment too. You know, he got to go to the jackass premiere. There's pictures of him getting kicked out of the premiere. So to me, <laughs> he's into it. He's carrying the program. He's doing yeah. those promos. It, literally people like got to call in Sami Zayn's number. I think that was part of the prank that Johnny Knox. Oh, I remember did. that. Yeah. Yeah. He put so he put me, his number on 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 Twitter. He or put his number online, so people got to call in. So to me, there was all these little elements to the story, the, all those little like details to it. So it was. And Sammy was even like, "Stop calling me! Stop calling me!" Yeah, it was it was perfect. And again, Sammy is so unhinged that it works. I don't think anybody else could have worked with Knoxville. So to me, it was perfect. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Big fan of that. Also, shout out to John Knoxville. Uh, he at the Rumble, he took a frog frog splash from Montez Ford. Like Knoxville took some bumps for this for this entire program. So we got to give him his props too. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. You know, I grew up on Jackass too, and then you know watching El Generico matches. Same thing in front of fifty people. Your childhood coming to life. Yeah. yeah, you become attached, and your worlds collide. And again, you don't expect to see these two dudes toe to toe. And it's like, what am I watching right now? And all the different elements, all the cameos, uh, the mousetrap element. I thought it was hilarious, and I and I thought the the tiny little botch kind of added to it. You know, sometimes you <laughs> need that silliness kind of sprinkled yeah. on there. Um, and, and they worked with it, you know, and they pulled it off. It was great. I remember watching it, you know, it was right here in my living room where I am right now. And uh, <laughs> it, it was just incredible. Yeah. Didn't expect really. to see that. No. <laughs> you know, so it build was, expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like awesome. you said, uh, with the celebrity matches, you know, they're hit or miss. And I feel <laughs> like there was enough bells and whistles in this match to really, Make it a great, yeah. fun, entertaining match, and it didn't really need Johnny Knoxville to be a, a great wrestler for it. No, yeah, it was really fun. They 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 pulled all the stops. This was another match where I wasn't even going to watch it. I, this was going to be a skip match for me, and then I was like, oh, you know, I'll see whatever. <laughs> but then it just it sucks you in, and it's super fun, and it was one of the funnest matches of the night, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a good one. Yeah, that was the first night. 
Oh, night two. Night two. Night two. Okay, okay, nice. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears again on you guys. I'm gonna go back to AEW. Um, an honorable mention for me. We were talking about this one off air. Sometimes I feel like some of the stuff off air is like premium. <laughs> you know, stuff that we should give you guys. But uh, the uh, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara in the ladder match. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't say enough good things about this match. As we were saying off air, I don't recall most of it, but Pratik was like, it was a good fucking match, you know? And sometimes, you know, going back to what you said earlier today, um, Sometimes we just remember moments, you know, Kevin Owens was saying, sometimes you, you don't remember the whole match. You just remember that moment and mm-hmm. it brings back to that feeling or where you were. Like I said, I was watching the pay-per-view Johnny Knoxville. I remember I was here. It's like when you get a tattoo, you remember the smell, you remember the time of day, you remember what you had for breakfast, you know what I mean? So when I watched that match again, I distinctly remember everything about it as far as what happened, you know, throughout that day for me. Um, but the spot, the cutter off the ladder was just beautiful. And that's what stands out. So I, I feel like I just have to throw that out as an honorable mention. hundred percent agree. I mean, again, it's, you know, the first match on dynamite as the actual TV show was. That's Sammy crazy. Clark I did not know that. And, and Cody Rhodes. So to me, this is full circle. Cody's last match on dynamite was with Sammy Guevara doing the favors, you know, to me it was, and it was also, it was a theme show. I believe it was beach break, you know, because they couldn't use bash of the beach because of the, yeah. <laughs> so they had to change it to beach break. So oh, that was his break. last match too. That was his last match too. Yeah. For the, for the wow. company, uh, beach break ladder match. Um, you, you know, the, I don't think everybody knew what was going to happen, you know, um, but it was one of those, it was one of those matches where, yeah, just perfect way to kick off the show. Uh, didn't drag, didn't, didn't feel like a short ladder match either. Cause you know, sometimes ladder matches on TV or gimmick matches on TV, they kind of feel rushed at times. So didn't feel like that at all. And again, like, it was it was a great spot that cutter i've i've rewatched that spot multiple times i think it, it i think it trended on twitter a bunch at like weeks after yeah came. yeah people kind of discovered it you know people maybe weren't watching the program at that time but you know um it was just great yeah no again cody rhodes great way for him to kind of you know go into the next chapter of his career great way to kind of close the book i think it was great yeah there was a lot was of the, uncertainty around mm-hmm. you know cody's contractual status and yeah, they said, uh, you know, rumor had it that he was working without a contract for yeah. a couple of months even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then after that performance, I was like, oh, no, like he's 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 in. He's all in, you know, no pun intended. Then, <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> a few weeks later, it's like, all right, bye. You know, which is fine. And and again, not saying it's like seeing two dudes who you'd never expect to see in the ring together, but the fact that Cody's no longer there it just makes that match so much more special, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, especially it was like, it was like a, a jumping off point for both of them in a way, you know, I feel yep. like it made Sammy, uh, cause Sammy had a great year after that. He went on and he's like a four time TNT champion now, you know, <laughs> and then it also gave Cody that elevation to go back to the WWE. And then if you think about this, like the trust that Tony Khan must've had, you know, if he's put, he has a TV TNT title, on a guy that doesn't have a contract. Yep. And he knows that Cody's end game is WWE. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure he or knew he? that. I'm he sure probably he knew he was leaving some kind. I felt like there yeah. was some, maybe with their relationship that all. Yeah. But leaving. then Cody's a stand up guy. So Cody's yeah, exactly. not going to walk off with the belt. Cody's going to honor whatever they agreed to, you know. Again, he's a founding member of the have. company. He wouldn't do wrong by Yeah. No, he's a company guy. Cody really yeah. is. He's a, he's a good dude, I think. 
I remember uh, back to 2015 when WrestleMania came to town. Um, the only people that were, you know, people were walking around the hotels, whatever, you know, this and that. Um, people at the bars drinking and stuff. But the only people that were literally on the sidewalk with a big group of people around them signing autographs, Cody and Brandy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're always there. Yeah. yeah. I still remember like those those WrestleMania like radio rows where it's like their media day or whatever. And apparently like this was this was like 2015, 2014, whenever when Cody was doing Stardust. He stayed in character as Stardust from like five AM wow. to fucking like twelve PM just doing mini Stardust interviews with everybody. And, uh, wow. It takes a special kind of talent. And keep in mind he didn't even like Stardust. He wanted to be done with it, but he was like, Well, if I'm gonna do it, you know, make make chicken salad out of chicken shit, you know. You yeah, do. absolutely. I mean, that's the Dusty Rhodes mentality, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah, I'm gonna wear polka dots, this polka dots gonna get over. Yeah. Whatever you get, whatever you're handed, just make it go over. I mean, Dusty Rhodes made polka dots cool. You know what I mean? So you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in his blood. You know, I I met Cody Rhodes. I think in 2016, he was the ROH champion at the time. Don't quote right. me. World when he left. Yeah. The right ring, when he the left. Ring of Honor ring. <laughs> Yes, yes. And and going back to, you know, him being a company guy, the, the meet and greets were only supposed to be a certain time, right? Like before bell time, his line was so long that he was still meeting people while the pay-per-view or the event was going on, you know, wow. and, and that just shows what type of dude he is, you know? Yeah, and he, was a great he probably guy. could have gotten up and said, all right, time's up. Yeah, fuck it. Bell ring. I'm out of here. No, I mean, yeah. he, he had the longest line. He stuck around. I took the picture. I got to hold the fucking ROH title, which is heavy oh, nice. as shit. So heavy. No joke. Um, but he's a great guy, you know, so more power to him. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I want to mention, uh, I think this match deserves to be mentioned. Uh, you guys don't really, you haven't seen it yet. So we don't really need to go really in depth on it. Um, but last night on SmackDown, the main event was uh, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and John Cena. And, like, mm-hmm. I was watching it, and it just had such a big match feel. It just felt so incredible um, for this match to happen. And then that's another time, because Pratik, you mentioned how that Austin match was just Kevin Owens, basically. And this match was basically Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, you know. I mean, John yeah. Cena was sprinkled in there. Um, of course, but like you know, Daniels carried the brunt of the of the match. Um, but it was yeah. really good. It was really the story they told. It was a really good storytelling. I really enjoyed it. I watched the second time uh, later on with my wife that evening. Uh, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna just give them a shout out for that match. You know, yeah. you, you can't knock. I know everybody's like, oh, Jones, you know, you can't knock his work rate. The man's filming movies, doing press, doing Make a Wish. I think he did some Make a Wish even that night too. He was still fulfilling. Wow. His- I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't take any bumps. <laughs> that was my wish. <laughs> no bumps. I didn't. I didn't watch. So I'll have to. If you have a chance, if you have a good chance, go back and see it. Um, just yes. even that, just that match. This because I feel like storytelling was incredible. There's a really big spot that I want to tell you guys about, but I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to spoil it. Again, it's he's adding that star power. He's he's elevating. You know. Owen, Zane, Roman, you know, he's he's Mr. Hollywood right now. So yeah. to me, this is John giving back to the company that gave him his start. You know, no one no one can knock John for his loyalty to wrestling. He he makes those appearances when he needs to, you know, it gives him the sort of legendary he's at that legendary status now, you know, but he but every time he does make a match, it's you know, to elevate someone. I think it's I mean he elevated Roman in that SummerSlam match a couple years ago, which that was a yeah. great match too. You know, talk about he took some bumps then too. Um, you know, there's obviously we don't know yet what he's gonna do 
for WrestleMania this year. Um, is he going to be able to make it? You know, it, it's not even about movie scheduling. It's also what is the insurance on the movie? You know, because there was the big thing with The Rock getting injured a couple yep. of years ago, and it screwed up movie production. So there is yeah, he tore something. It. He tore like yeah. Some- what's he allowed to do? How many bumps he can take? You know, but again, with the smoke and mirrors of wrestling, and with the talented performance they have, I'm sure they can construct something for him to safely, you know, do it. Um, yeah, and again, I'm sure that's what this match was. You know, it was designed to protect Cena, and I think they obviously haven't watched it yet, but it sounds like he was protected. Um, and it fulfilled the he got to have a match this year. This was the last uh, SmackDown of the year, so he was able to keep the streak going. Of you know, he he hasn't even been able to make every Mania, but he has been able to have a match every year, and I think that's what this was about was keeping that streak going. And good for him, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in Tampa. So. And in Tampa, too, his hometown, yes. Oh, okay. So. I didn't realize that. Well, I guess Boston's yeah. where he grew up, but he lives currently in. Oh, okay. By way. So it's convenient <laughs> for Tampa him. by way of uh, Boston. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. We'll A lot of byways. Good, I got this job. shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's WWE speak for you. There you go. Hell yeah. Do we have any dishonorable mentions that we want to just like uh, have end yeah, with, a little, end with a little laugh here? Yeah, I got I to gotta wrap this up soon, but I'll uh, I do too. Yeah, same here. Uh, dishonorable mention. <laughs> I I don't want to knock. I, obviously, Sheamus has had a good year and all, but I am going to – the dishonorable mention, I'm going to go with the March 11th episode of SmackDown where it was Sheamus, Ridge Holland versus uh, New Day. And unfortunately, Big E just got, you know, you know, landed on his head. Obviously, I'm not knocking the performers or anything, but it's – it you know, I just felt that, you know, that match – it was just one of those matches where the program wasn't really going anywhere. It just – didn't need to happen and it's unfortunate given you know given biggie like i felt like there was a biggie moment happening at mania then we we didn't get that so you know, yeah it just it's 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 a bummer of a match looking back on it and i've and i've tried rewatching you know that and it's just it's it's it's, a, it's unfortunate so that's that's my dishonorable mention yeah it's definitely a sour note yeah. for everybody involved you know um yeah like you said it almost not that it like shouldn't have happened in a sense of like storyline wise, like it was kind of, you know, muffled and shuffled and there just wasn't like a lot of substance. And then for, you know, Biggie to go down with such like a, just, just terrible. Did he just lose the WWE championship like earlier that month? Yeah. Because this was in in January. Yeah. Yeah. He literally kicked off the year. He lost the title January 1st on the day one pay-per-view. And then he, and then he broke his neck later on that month Mm because he tweeted recently that, in January, the one year mark, he's gonna do you know scans and see where he stands. Oh, excuse uh, me, sorry, it was in March. This was this match happened in March. So in March of this coming. Oh, it was in March. Was oh yeah, March. it was March 11th. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. he was in the um, he was in the Rumble if I remember correctly. Yes, so he was. Yeah, it just felt yeah. like it was one of those things where he had uh, he had lost the title, which you know titles come and go, but like it's that thing of you. You don't want to lose your status as a main eventer. There's so many times when Roman didn't have a title, but he still felt like a main eventer. And I felt yeah. like same thing that happened with Kofi when he lost in what nine seconds to Lesnar on the first SmackDown on Fox. Okay, he takes the title off him, but give him a main event feud after that. Give him someone to work. Keep him yeah. strong as a babyface. And I felt like with Big E, he lost that title day one. They weren't really giving him and, any big programs or anything. He was yeah. kind of floundering. Day two, he was back in New Day. <laughs> Back, immediately back to being yeah, what he was, run, which I'm like, you can't give him one single, you can't feed him one, you know, feed him Jinder Mahal or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. give, him, give him a heel to work. So it was just, it was part of that where it's just like, 
there was no cohesiveness to this feud between Brawling Brutes and New Day, and it was just, you know, it was unfortunate. Tragic, for sure. Very dishonorable, so. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm still trying to decide. So I'll go, uh, I think Liv Morgan uh, cashing in Money in the Bank against Ronda Rousey uh, was a dishonorable mention because it was such a fluke win, you know? She just rolled her up and that was it. And then, yes, you know, it kind of changed Liv's character because she became this kind of hardcore badass chick which I really like. I like her new character a lot. She's like a psycho, hardcore person now. But like when when she did have that that singles match with Ronda, they had that second match, and that was a really messed up finish too. And then they went on had the third match, and she just got her butt kicked. So like yeah. at the end of the day, her beating Ronda really was a fluke. Uh, it changed her character, but I don't feel like nothing really. You know, it didn't make Liv look good in the end. Oh yeah, it didn't. It was definitely one of those things where, yeah, like I think the fans wanted Liv to get a title, but maybe not in that way. And I think you're right about that. You know, Liv deserved a kind of hard-fought win, sort of yeah. you know, title moment. A build, a build, right. proper build. You know, um, it was definitely one of those like, sure, in the moment it was a feel-good pop, but you know, again, it's like, well, Ronda's going to come after you, and how do you present a credible? you know, match for Ronda. So that's where I think it got muddled. And again, yeah, that I remember being at SummerSlam and that finished, you know, it was like, what just happened? And then you had like yep. the referee taking, I guess it was, it was supposed to be like our heel turn for Ronda or something. Cause the referee took a couple bumps in that. Oh, match. Yeah. It was just, it was, yeah, they, yeah, the feud got, the feud got kind of muddled. And then what is Liv Morgan doing now? Like she's in a tag or something or, you know, again, I, like, yeah, she's tagging with Tegan Knox, I think. So it's just like again, like you have these, you have these baby faces. They lose, and they're just they just throw them back in a tag. And, it's and the like, basis of their tag team is that they were friends in NXT, huh? But it's like right. it's like live live is so far removed from NXT that that's not that shouldn't even be a factor at this point. Yeah, like I don't think the casual fan's gonna remember that. Yeah, so, unless they do yeah, some video package about it, I don't know what you do with it. That's what happens too, though. We talked, we, you know, we talked about moments, I feel like this whole episode, and that's one of the downfalls of, you know, giving, you know, the fans these moments is what do you do after? Right. And, and what, where does this talent go after, you know? So that, that's definitely a good example of like, oh shit, now what? You know, she's got yeah. the title and, you know, is she a credible champion? I don't know. I don't think that's the question here, but yeah, I agree. It was just meh. Here you go. Didn't even realize it was happening, you know. And you reminded you me of something. Was over reminded me of was... the uh, the infamous CM Punk Cole Cabana podcast, and one of the points of contention that CM Punk had is, you know, okay, I lose to the Undertaker at Mania, but what's next for me? Like, who am I going to fight after? That? What am I going to do? Am I just going to? And they're like, well, oh no. So he literally we'll was figure like, All right, it out. I'll, I'll take time off then, and you know, literally try to fix all these injuries that I have or whatever, because yeah. again, like you said, yeah, if you're going to have losses or whatever, there should be I'm not saying whole story should be planned out for a year or whatever, but there should be some like, okay, now you're going to switch to this program or, you know, if you're going to be in a tag, it should be a meaningful tag. Don't just throw two people together. Like, well, you guys have lost. They'll just put you together. Like I, you know, bring it back to Seamus. I remember when him and Cesaro in 2016, they were kind of like, you know, they had like a couple singles runs. They don't know what they're doing, but then you know what they did? They did a best of seven. And from that, they became a tag. But there was a story there. Yeah. And they, they were still even hesitant to tag for effort. They still were hesitant to tag for They didn't want to tag until they realized 
oh, we're actually we actually can do this pretty good together. We're organic. There's it clicked you know, at some point. It just clicked. Which with happens, them. which which happens, and it's which I happens. like it. Few and far between, but you're right. Sometimes they just put two people together, and they're like, "Here you go." And yeah. sometimes it pops off, right. you know. But <laughs> the old Teddy Long style of SmackDown. Let's just put yeah. <laughs> tag team matches. <laughs> I, I could talk about yeah. that for days, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna stick with the AEW route for my dishonorable mention. We're <laughs> gonna do Don Moxley versus CM Punk AEW Championship Unification Match on Dynamite. No. Oh August yeah, just a bummer. Just was I don't know. Just left a bad taste in my mouth. Just wasn't what I was expecting. I feel like the whole scenario maybe wasn't the most like necessary, especially if it you know went down the way it did. Um, I don't know. It it just truly didn't do it for me. So I don't yeah. know. I'd like to I'd like to hear what you guys think about that one. Yeah, it just it was the, it was the old uh, oh they're doing it on TV okay like bait and switch kind of it felt like a ratings grab ratings ploy. I remember like yeah like because it was like oh there's still like an hour left is this going to be like an hour show like because they did like in the middle of the show too yeah, yeah. yeah they did so you had that moment of, oh we're gonna get a long yeah we're gonna get a long match and the moan behold it just it it just we Punk was already he had already gotten legitimately injured so it just felt like adding another storyline injury didn't really. It didn't really help. I mean, I get, I get where maybe they were trying to do like a, hey, we're going to mirror his UFC career and he's going to have like a quick loss and we'll try to rise above it. I get much what they were trying to do. I mean, I, and I will say I did like the Ace Steel promo. <laughs> Speaking of Ace Steel, take <laughs> the, the former employee of AEW, Ace Steel. Uh, but the, 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 the promo the following week in Chicago uh, with Ace Steel, who, if I'm, and correct me how if history serves me correctly, he trained Punk like that's yeah that's, correct. He yeah, did. so you have his former trainer with that Rocky like moment of like, come on, you gotta pick yourself up, Punk, and do, it do that shit. Here, take yeah. this contract, damn it, take it. Yeah. <laughs> You're still a Punk slap, and but but again, like it it worked for that. I, I could tell by that crowd, like him running into the crowd and being like, "We're Chicago, we rise up." That Chicago yeah. promo was incredible. Yeah, like I yeah. think I think that. It's unfortunate because in that moment, I'm like, this fucking, what is, what the hell is this? Like, I was, I was, I remember like, I'm like, all right, off. I don't even want to watch the rest of the show. Like, if you can get me to turn off the rest of the show, like, I'm, because I usually, I try to, when I watch like Dynamite or SmackDown, I want to watch it to completion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. I, I want to respect the card, at least finish it to completion or get, get, but I remember like, I'm, I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, I was, I was just visibly pissed. I'm like, well, what'd you guys just do? Like, and then it, it hit me. It's funny when I saw that. I'm like, oh, okay, they're gonna give it to us on the Patreon. I'm like, oh, like so. Then you didn't need to do this in the first place. This was purely mm-hmm. just, oh, we got to pick up the ratings. Like it just, it, it was so slimy. Like, come on. Yeah, no. When when it was for when when one it was on Dynamite, that was a red flag. And then for two, when it wasn't the main event, because they still had a main event announced. Mm-hmm. That was also a red flag for me. I'm like, all right, well, some shenanigans are going to happen in this match. When they, you're right, they didn't have to do this at all. It was a stupid thing that they decided thought that would be interesting. They could have done like a six man tag or something. They could have done the Blackpool Combat Club against FTR and CM FTR Punk. and Punk, yeah, yeah, yeah. something silly yeah. like that. They could have done almost anything else that didn't involve a fake injury. Because one thing in wrestling is like, especially like like when Sor- Soraya came back, you know. I feel like she was really uh, selling that neck a lot. And it's like, 
we're worried about your neck. Don't make us think that your neck is hurt, you know? Yeah. And so it's like with these fake injuries, it's like we worry about real injuries enough. Don't like don't make us think that you're getting an injury when you're not. And like, or maybe like use a different body part. Like, don't use the same one that you just got out of injury of. It's a little like I, I get it. Wrestling, you know, I'm sure the superstars or the wrestlers will argue. Well, it's emotions and drama, but like, I don't know. It just, you know, you don't want. We, we we're genuinely worried about people because people can get hurt. You know, the, yeah, the hang, exactly. That, the Hangman Page spot just off a of lariat, like Jesus, like you know, like it's. John Moxley laughed about it. Slept like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a good place to wrap up. We've got a, yeah. we've got along. It was super fun. You guys want to plug some social media real quick and we'll get out of here? Yeah. Uh at Pratik Comedy on Instagram, uh Comedy.com website. Uh I got my album out, Nick and Sheila's Kid. I have the link to this podcast as well. And yeah, just check us and check us all out, guys. We're all we're all talented people. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yes. You can find me on Instagram at Lord Xavier. You can find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. Smash the link tree. You can check out my music. You can buy tickets to shows. You can listen to this podcast. My band Leveled has a show January 20th in Winter Park, which is aka Orlando, Florida at The Conduit. And tickets are available in my link tree. I hope to see you guys there. Hell yeah. You can find me, everything I do at Funky San Medina across the board. And uh, yeah, I got a link tree with this podcast on it as well. And uh, yeah, super fun. You guys, thanks so much. It was super fun. Hell yeah. So happy, guys. New year. happy New Year. Happy holidays. Don't drive drunk. Get an Uber, please. In all seriousness, yes. buddy. Please be safe. Stay please somewhere. Safe. Get an Uber. Don't drive drunk. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Be safe, I agree. guys. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs>